<laughs> there we go. <laughs> Haven't done that for a while. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Coffee and Devotions. I'm going to go live here and make sure everybody is able to join us live. I almost forgot to change the screen screen the whole time. That wouldn't have been good. Uh, so we are at Genesis. Genesis chapter 11. I'm just getting all the things done here on the computer. Just about ready to go. Perfect. Well, good morning. Good morning. So sorry about that. You know, sometimes I've done that where uh, I forget to transition the screen. And so it's a black screen and you don't hear my voice. Nothing's going on. And I have to do it all over again. So I'm glad that wasn't the case this morning. Well, this is where every day, thankfully, by God's will, we're able to have a cup of coffee, get into the Lord's word. And this year, Lord willing, we'll get from Genesis to Leviticus. And I'm so glad to be with you. Today's uh, interesting passage. It's really got one single point. I'm excited to get into it with you. Let's have some coffee, pray, and get into the Lord's Word. Let's pray. Oh, Father, you are the God who keeps his word. You are a God who cannot lie. For, Lord, when you make promises and you swear on them by yourself, there is nothing greater than you. And so, Father, we pray that as we read your word this morning, that you would comfort our souls, that you would embolden our faith, that we would be able to trust in you and walk in your ways. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so we are at Genesis chapter 11. Put on the old spectaculars there. Genesis chapter 11. And we'll be reading verses 10 through 20. So, uh, this is a new Toledot. I've mentioned to you before that the book of Genesis gives us a series of different genealogies. So it's Toledoth. Right? These are different stories, different family lines that are coming out of the book of Genesis. It's how the book is kind of organized in a literary fashion. So let's go ahead and look at this now. This is the genealogy of Shem. Who Shem, remember Shem is one of those three sons of Noah. Shem was 100 years old and begot a Farxad two years after the flood. After he begot a Farxad, Shem lived 500 years and begot sons and daughters. Man, 500 years, that's a long life. Not as long as some of his ancestors. A Farxad lived 35 years and begot Salah. After he begot Salah, a Farxad lived 430 years and begot sons and daughters. Selah lived 30 years and begot Eber. After he begot Eber, Selah lived 403 years and begot sons and daughters. So he's still living. You know, granddad lived 500, he's living 400. Eber lived 34 years and begot Peleg. After he begot Peleg, Eber lived 430 years and begot sons and daughters. Uh, notice Eber here. This word is the word or the name by which we will eventually get the Hebrews, the Eberites. Uh, and so Eber is also living over four centuries. His son Peleg, verse 18, Peleg lived 30 years and begot Ru. After he begot Ru, Peleg lived 
209 years and begot sons and daughters. Ru lived 32 years and begot Sarug. After he begot Sarug, Ru lived 207 years and begot sons and daughters. Sarug lived 30 years and begot Nahor. After he begot Nahor, Sarug lived 200 years and begot sons and daughters. Nahor lived 29 years and begot Terah. After he begot Terah, Nahor lived 119 years and begot sons and daughters. Now Terah lived 70 years and begot Abram, Nahor, and Haran. Well, we need to ask ourselves, A, what's this about? B, what's the best verse to summarize this? And C, what are we called to do in response to these passages? Well, I think to get at what the heart of this passage is, is to recognize a few things. First, the main name at the top, Shem, and the last name down at the bottom, Terah. This is getting us from Noah, from his son Shem, all the way down to Terah. And Terah has three boys, and his three boys are listed here, Abram, Nahor, and Haran. And so as this family line is going down through the millennia, we find that the life expectancy is going down as well. The results of the fall, the corruption of sin, really are having an effect on the people. God had promised them, the day you eat of it, dying you will die. And now they're seeing it in their flesh. You know, they, they were used to living 900 years, 800 years. I mean, Enoch, he, he walked with the Lord, and the Lord took him early. He lived 500 years. But now by the time we get to Abraham's grandpa, Nahor, he lives 119 years. Sin has real consequences. God is not empty with his promises of judgment. And yet, what is this passage really getting at? Even as God is still just, He is also a merciful God. He made a promise, a declaration in Genesis chapter 3.15. In in Genesis 3.15, he made the promise that he would someday bring out a seed from the woman who would crush the head of the serpent and that he would bruise his heel. And what we find as we continue to go down these toledoth, as we continue to move down the family lines, we're getting more and more specific towards how is this covenant of grace going to be accomplished? How is this covenant of grace going to find its fulfillment in Jesus Christ? Well, it starts with Abraham. And now we've gotten to Noah. And now from Noah, we've gotten to Terah. Tomorrow, we're going to move from Terah to Abram. And we're going to see in the next few chapters how God is going to use Abram and make even more splendid promises. He's going to give us even, he's going to actually make a covenant with Abram. Now, I'm getting ahead of myself. I know, just forgive me, okay? I'm, I'm, I'm excited about this. But this passage is setting the scene for both the reality of the effects of sin, but placed beside it or a current going through it is this idea that God has not forgotten his promise that the plan of redemption is going to come 
and that he is working it out in real history. Well, what's the best verse to summarize this as we think about the family line from Shem to Terah and God's covenant of grace? Uh, in my Bible, I would underline verse 10. Uh, this is the genealogy of Shem, and I would also underline verse 26. Now Terah lived 70 years, and we got Abram, Nahor, and Haran. That's what I would underline. Well, I see calling. How does this affect our lives? What are we called to do? How does this show us Christ? Well, I think this should give us hope that God is a just and merciful God. It should also teach us patience, right? This is hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, and the Lord is working out his promises. He is bringing about his godly in, and we are to trust in his timing. But it should also teach us to pray. I love how the Westminster Shorter Catechism talks about uh, what do we pray for as we pray, uh, your kingdom come, your will be done. Right? We ought to pray that, and I'm, I'm not quoting it verbatim here, but one of the things I love about it at the end is when it says that the kingdom of grace would be advanced and the kingdom of glory would be hastened. Right? We live now in the kingdom of grace. Jesus, the king of kings, does sit on his throne, and grace is going out. The nations are being reached. The seed has come. It's crushed the head of the serpent. And so we pray now that the kingdom of grace would advance. And in our lives, we are to still pray that the kingdom of glory, when Jesus Christ returns, should be hastened just like they would be praying during this time. Lord, when will you bring the seed? When will you crush the serpent's head? Our bodies are wasting away. We're not living as old as Granddad did. Father, when will you make all things right? Will we pray also? Lord, when will we make all things right? Will you come back soon, Lord? Let's pray. Father, we pray that we would indeed be filled with thanks for your fulfillment of the, of the promise of sending your seed. We thank you that this has worked out in real history. Lord, we thank you that you have promised us and you've guaranteed it upon your own name. Lord, we pray that we would trust in you. Help us this day, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, the Lord bless you. May you walk in the peace of his promises, trusting in the power that he has in his right hand. I'll see you tomorrow. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's message from God's Word for You, a ministry of Sharon R.P. Church in rural southeast Iowa. We pray that the message would be used by God to transform your faith in your life this week. If you'd like to get more information about us, feel free to go to the website, SharonRPC.org. We'd love to invite you to worship with us. Our worship time is 10 a.m. every Sunday at 25204 160th Avenue, Morning Sun, Iowa, 52640. May God richly bless you this week.